Welcome to this episode of Vegan Family Podcast. As always, it's uh, myself, Eric Lindstrom, Cheryl Leahy. We're actually recording this episode at the Animal Rights 2019 National Conference. Very special episode. That's on right. On location. <laughs> yes, on location. We're coming to you live. Um, although when the podcast is um, uploaded, it won't be live. So this is an annual event that um, attracts more than 2,000 uh, attendees, uh, hundreds of vendors, and just some of the greatest uh, thought leaders and speakers in the animal rights movement. So we're very happy to be here on behalf of Compassion Over Killing and uh, having this opportunity to record a podcast. Yeah, and just kind of getting a sense of what's going on, right? What's going on in the movement, new people to the movement, uh, people that, you know, are friendly faces, familiar faces, and getting a sense of, you know, what are the campaigns that are working, what are the new ideas out there, and we were just thinking this would be a good time to see what's going on. Right, exactly. And so we have a special guest, and we'll be right back. It's time for Compassion Over Killing's Vegan Family Podcast with your hosts, Eric C. Lindstrom and Cheryl Leahy. And we're back. Yes, we're back, and we do have a guest um, on this special episode. Um, as you, as we said in the, in the intro, we're at the Animal Rights 2019 National Conference, so that allows us opportunities to meet new people, including Nick Coughlin from the Good Kid Project. Welcome, Nick. Thank you very much. I'm super honored to be here with you guys. Yeah, we want to just give you, you know, this sort of chance to talk about what you're doing, and, and I'm, you know, personally very interested yeah. in what you're doing, why you're doing it. Um, and kind of get a sense also of, you know, who is your audience? What what do you want to say um, to vegan kids, vegan parents? Sure. Or is it broader than that? You know, what what is what are you doing this for? Well, those are all great questions. I mean, I think as as an introduction, um, the Good Kid Project is a is a passion project of mine. I've I've been passionate about animals since I was a little boy, um, and the we, we just created our first product, which is called We're All Animals, and it's all about teaching kids to be kind to animals. And so um, <clears throat> the, that, that particular product or this product is 30 stories, little micro stories about a brother and sister who realized through everyday experiences that we're not all that different from other animals. Wow. And so um, each one has a, a – it's beautifully illustrated by Ruby Roth. Um, so I was really fortunate to work with her on this project. I love Ruby Roth. Um, my mom and I actually, my mom wrote all of the stories. So this was a, a, a project that she and I got to work on together. Mm. And so a mother and son, you know, I think it, uh, you know, parents are really the market here. Yeah. Parents, teachers, anybody who has a relationship with kids. And so, um, but like I said, this is this is our first product, and we're gonna just keep on on doing this sort of thing, where we're creating products that help kids uh, just think about our relationship with other animals. Yeah, ultimately make that connection, yeah. right? So when you say product, Nick, are we talking about books? Are we talking about other media? What's what is the, the product? Sure. So this this first one called We're All Animals is a box set of of stories. So they're card. They're all an individual card. So you don't yeah. have to actually. You know, like a book sometimes is a little bit much if you only have five minutes or so and you want to have something meaningful with your kid. Um, you can grab a card and read it, and it's, they are, they're all about, you know, a different particular topic. Mm -hmm. 
the circus or uh, the food that we eat. Um, wow. You know, just just day to day experiences that that kids could relate to, and uh, and so we just thought that this would be a good way to introduce kids in a gentle way. Um, nothing is is too in your face. We're not whacking them over the head with horrible right. <laughs> horrible imagery or anything like that. So. It's it's a fun product, and I think I mean it's been so well received here at at the at the conference. Um, I'm on a super big high just after all of the all the conversations yeah, that I had today. I mean it's it's exhausting, but it's so it's so fun to to, to be here with my people. But yeah. so you you had asked, um, you know, who is the market? Ultimately, like I said, these are you are my people. This is the cause that's near and dear to my heart, and it always has been. But ultimately, I want to get out of the animal rights movement, and I want to really get into the parenting movement. Mm-hmm. That is huge. You know, yeah. the the the, uh, the world of everybody who has kids wants to raise good kids. Yeah. And so, what I think is that um, you know, kids very often don't feel like they have any power in life, um, or they have very little power. And what power they do have is very often like they've got a family pet. Or there's other animals in their lives that they do feel like they have power over. Well, if we teach them to be kind and treat animals with consideration, that sort of ethic is just going to carry through to all of their other relationships with people. Yeah. And so this is a life lesson that kids can learn and, uh, and parents can help their kids learn. And then it, it's a great way to help kids become good people. Yeah, we've talked about that. It's so interesting because we've talked about this on the podcast a little bit that I think being vegan is a way for kids to feel like they have more power, right? It's this this sort of, you know, at least my three-year-old says, look, I'm super vegan. I, you know, save animals, save the day. You know, this is this is his way of feeling like he can do something for animals. And I think you're right that that feeling of, of you know, never having the ability to make your own choices and everybody else is telling you what to do. And the kids are very aware of, you know, things that are sort of big and scary and they're always trying to make sense of it and being able to really identify that concept of, you know, you, you could, you could make a good choice with something that you have power over, or you could make a, a, a bad choice, an abusive mm-hmm. choice. And, you know, why does that happen? What's out there and what's going on? I think, you know, having a story, to be able to introduce that as just a really, um, you know, it, it could really resonate in a way that, um, you know, these kids can really process. I think people kind of underestimate kids, but they can yeah. really process these pretty complicated yeah. concepts. And you mentioned circus. So um, are these cards, are these products going to also address climate change, all of the other things that um, from an animal rights perspective and from a vegan perspective or a dietary perspective, are you going to, how are you going to uh, broach all of those subjects? Well, that's a, a that's a good question. And, and flat out, I, I don't necessarily know at this <laughs> point. I mean, I, I'm open to one of the reasons I wanted to come here for um, one of the thousands of reasons is because it's such a good place to collab or meet people mm-hmm. and, and talk about possibilities for collaboration. And, uh, you know, I've, I've met, so many people who want to work with me, humane educators, um, who think yeah. that this product might fit into their to what they're doing. Um, Teach Kind came, and we had a wonderful conversation, and and we're talking about how that might fit into what they're doing. And so, yeah, um, I guess I'm not directly answering your question. I think 
ultimately I'm open to right. this will grow into I, it's gonna right. I, I don't know what it'll become it's yeah. just something that I believe deeply in and I know just based on conversations today alone that this resonates with a lot of other people too nice. and and really the the test will will be once I get out of like this is a really safe environment for me um, the test will be when I get out into the wider world of you know, like mommy bloggers and oh, yeah. mommy um, bloggers can be real. Yeah, you know, I'm, that's right. the influence. And I know some yeah. people don't like that term. I think, but right. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I think uh, that the real opportunity is out in the wider wider world where people aren't already talking about this or thinking about this. Um, but to be able to explain to them why this could be a, a good way to—I mean, it's just ultimately a good way to make the world a better place. Yeah, yeah. So how do you think about? that approach to kind of the core parenting ethic like if i'm a new parent or my you know i do bedtime stories with my kids what do i what do i hear what message am i um hearing from you about why i should put this in my daily routine well i mean it's it's just um like i was saying it's just a it's just a good way to talk about um, our relationship with other beings, other people, other, uh, you know, any, anybody else who is maybe not like us. So if, um, there's somebody who doesn't look like me, for example, and they're in, in this, we're all animals product. Um, there are some, some subjects where it's talking about other kids who might look different or they mm -hmm. have a different name, sounding name, mm -hmm. um, or somebody of a different sexual orientation, you know, like there's so many opportunities to talk about people who, or individuals who aren't quite like us. Right. I don't know if I'm directly answering no, your question. that's great. That, I feel yeah. like that's just mainstream content now, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, look at like, you know, I don't know why Daniel Tiger comes to mind, but that's like the kind of thing Because <laughs> we that, watch it all the time. That's right, why. of course, because it's just an earworm all the time. <laughs> no. But um, yeah, I think that, you know, if, if you can sort of package it that way, that it, this is just a, the, the next logical step to understanding, you know, compassion and diversity and sort of sensitivity to, you know, others mm -hmm. in general. I mean, that's that's like the right at the center of what I think most parents um, really feel like is their job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big part of it. So um, I I sort of alluded to this when you first mentioned her name. How did you uh, get connected with Ruby Roth? Uh, how did that whole process take place? For the listeners who aren't familiar with her work, she wrote and illustrated That's Why We Don't Eat Animals, ABC's a Vegan. She's pretty uh, hardcore with her messaging. Yeah. There's yeah. some videos out there of her being confronted quite uh, angrily, uh, yeah. aggressively by newscasters or, or the like because she's telling kids not to eat their dinner yeah. <laughs> because their dinner happens to be animals. Right. Um, so how did that uh, relationship happen and how long did it take us through the process of having her work on the, the Yeah, the well, I feel incredibly fortunate. I mean, she, I, I love Ruby Roth and she, and I love her work. Um, you know, when I first saw her being interviewed on, on the news, she's just so well-spoken, Yeah, really well-spoken and she's an incredible artist. And so, um, when I thought about, when I had this idea for this product, um, I just started thinking about you know, who I would like to work with because I, you know, I'm a graphic designer, but I'm not a, uh, an illustrator. And mm -hmm. so I knew I was going to have to work with somebody. She rose to the top of the list. And um, I think that she and I are connected or we were connected on through Facebook. Mm -hmm. and, or maybe it wasn't that. I think I just reached out to her through her website and I told her the concept. I told her about what I, what I was working on. 
And she told me that she gets approached a lot and uh, she is not able to just, by the constraints of time, isn't able to work on, on everything, but she loved, she loved the idea. Wow. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so, I mean, I just was really honored that she wanted to work on this project with me. How long did it take? And did you did she send you sketches? How did the uh, you know yeah, ideas so, become real? So um, I sent her a sample of three stories that that we had already had finished, and um, and then that's when she you know was able to look at this concept and and what we were doing and decided that she was willing to work on it with us. Um, the time frame, I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, but she did send back uh, uh, some sketches, and of course, I, I knew that I was going right, to love it. Like they're just the cutest little, <laughs> you know, kids. And, yeah, she drew and, my dog. I don't know if you guys have done that yet. Oh yeah. Oh no. So I'm hoping she still offers this as a service. She brings it up every holiday season mm -hmm. on Instagram or her social media following um, for a very small fee, an unbelievably affordable fee. Yeah. You send Ruby Roth a photo of your dog, and she sends you back. A Ruby Roth cartoon of your dog, oh like my a gosh. drawing, an actual illustration. I have to do this. It's amazing, and so and it's very accurate. It's exactly what you would expect it to be. It's yeah. a caricature of your dog, but in Ruby Roth style. Yeah. So it's got a little watercolor bit to it. It's very very uh, fun, and yeah. so yeah. If hopefully Ruby, you're still doing that, and uh, others can take advantage of that. Yeah. yeah, and for people who don't know her aesthetic, it's very sort of soft and fun. Yeah. And has just kind of a cuteness to it that, you know, I think would appeal to kids. I don't know exactly what your age range target is, but I think it would appeal to little kids and then, you know, up into maybe the preteen, teen yeah. years. I think yeah. that's a... Yeah. Very yeah. so skinny-legged pigs. I know. That's <laughs> thing. It's just, they crack you up. They, the, um, the different things that she does with their, you know, their, their legs yeah, and their yeah. noses and, and stuff. But, uh, the age group for this product that we, that we're putting out is four to 12. Oh, perfect. Um, so it, there's yeah. a, there's a nice range. I mean, kids don't have to be able to read. Right. Parents can read them or teachers can read them with, uh, with the kids. Right. So um, how, how, okay. So what do the kids say about it? The four to 12 year olds, how, what kind of feedback have you gotten? Well, um, really the only feedback I've gotten so far is with my nieces and nephew and uh, they love them. You know, I, it was, that was my test market. Are they, <laughs> I mean, are I have they to, vegan? They are. My whole family. Oh, I'm wow. really fortunate. I grew up, um, I was born in 1975 and I grew up as a vegetarian. My parents raised us vegetarian and then, um, so I feel very fortunate in that regard. They taught us to think about things and to, to take other animals into consideration. And mm -hmm. so I had really good uh, role models. And then in 2003, I ended up uh, working at Farm Sanctuary. Okay. Uh, I landed at Farm Sanctuary in California and became vegan. And I had wanted to go vegan for years, but I didn't know Farm how. Sanctuary is what kind of pushed you into it? It did, okay. yeah. I mean, it's like if you live on the farm, you are you have to be vegan. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. And then I... I um, met my ex-girlfriend uh, um, there and she really taught me how to be vegan and so I felt very fortunate to be in this vegan bubble and to learn how to, to, to live life this way. Um, and then when I came home from California to back to Minnesota where I live, um, I talked to my family about the egg industry and the dairy industry and then they all went vegan as well. And wow. So, so I have a, it's really, it makes family gatherings a lot easier yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I'm, I'm just so fortunate and, um, and yeah, so. that story alone yeah, is that's enough. That's pretty impressive yeah. <laughs> because, you know, the, I think 
converting your family is the hardest people yeah. to convert. Yeah. You know. Especially well, if they've been doing it for so long and yeah. feeling like they were doing their part by being vegetarian. For right. you to be able to educate them about the other aspects yeah. of mm-hmm. veganism and have them listen yeah. is really amazing. And well, kind of rally around it, you know, yeah. as a family. Yeah. 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 No, it's, I mean, again, I'm incredibly fortunate. The thing is, is that they were... They had taught us these things for the same reasons that I do it today, and that's compassion mm-hmm. for animals. Mm-hmm. And so when you understand that when, when you're, you're vegetarian because you love animals, it just makes sense when you learn about yeah. what's happening to chickens and what's happening to cows and calves and yeah. all the other animals in the dairy and the egg industries, um, it, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. And so it was a less of a leap for the rest of my family, but still, you know, super lucky to have that. That's so the great. kids were, were sort of born into that family culture. Though. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of lived that. So then when they read the stories or had the stories read to them, they kind of already had that framework, yeah. right? They, they just got it, yep. I'm guessing. Yep. So how do you feel um, that may or may not be different for, you know, sort of your mainstream American, you know, five-year-old? <laughs> I there? love your question, and I don't know the answer. I mean, this is to be, to be determined. Right. You know, this is something that I've funded all myself and so it's it's my passion project and I I didn't necessarily do all of the research that maybe I should have done mm-hmm. but it's going to get out into the world soon they um, they're in production right now and I will receive I'm supposed to receive the first shipment of 2500 units in uh, at September 26th. Oh, wow. And so at that point, I will reach back out to you and I'll let you know what the reception well, kid, has been. Because I want it's the, a, like, kid on the street version. I want to, like, yeah, I want you to, like, go out. Yeah, like, right. You know, Find a kid. Interview them, stick a microphone in their face. It's actually a great idea. It is a really good idea. I could go to some, some festivals or something like that and, you know, where the parents are with the kids. Try them out. Try them out. So yeah. how many are in the first set? How many cards? So there are 30 stories. 30 stories. 30 different yeah, cards? Yeah, 30 different cards, and it comes with an adult guidebook. And mm-hmm. so, um, like I said, on, on every story, there's a, a dis- there are discussion questions and then a challenge for the kids um, to, you know, investigate further or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so in the back of this adult guidebook, we have suggested answers, you know, sort of things that to kind of help right. parents out. So if pa- parents who aren't necessarily thinking about what you, what the three of us think about on a daily basis, our relationship with other animals, they might need a little bit of uh, right. help or guidance. Yeah. Or well, I bet that's where a lot of parents would be, you know, concerned. Like a lot of kids are the ones who bring this topic to their parents' attention. Yeah. So, you know, I could see, you know, myself back in the day when I was a kid, my parents would have had no idea how to start with right. facilitating yeah. a conversation yeah. or answering questions yeah. about it. So it's nice to give them that, like, look, you don't have to, to worry that you're going to get stumped by these, you mm. know, age-old philosophical questions, <laughs> which, you know, of course, your six-year-old is going to bring up right, as right. you know, response to this conversation. So that's a pretty good resource and kind of overcomes that barrier a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I think the more turnkey we can make this, the the, the less work that a, that a parent has to do, the better. I mean, they're busy, they're working, they're cooking meals, you know, like, what can we take off their plate? Yeah. And this is something. Animals. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there we exactly. Go. Get the kids cooking. Yeah. Right. That needs to be the takeaway. Like, right. hey, I'll cook dinner tonight. Give me the story. You're going to get dinner out of it. Recipe cards. <laughs> That's your yeah. next yeah. market. Recipe idea. cards, That's Nick. Good. So we'll be right back after this. Since 1995, Compassion Over Killing has served as an unwavering force, bringing about positive changes for animals. 
please consider a tax-deductible donation today. Visit COK.net for more. And we're back. Thank you uh, for that. So we're with Nick Coughlin uh, from the Good Kid Project. Cheryl and I are uh, make, uh, recording this at the Animal Rights 2019 National Conference, and the conversation's been fascinating. Your, your product sounds incredible. Um, as parents ourselves of vegan kids, um, which is what this podcast is, is primarily about, we are faced with challenges with our own kids, but even more so with our kids' friends or situations that they uh, find themselves in, parties or school situations. Where, uh, with the Good Kid Project, where would you like to see this head? Um, you know, what is the future um, plan as you see this one uh, unfolding? Yeah, well, uh, definitely pushing. I mean, this is where I'm starting. I'm starting, like I said, in a kind of a safe space um, where the where people are already amenable to these ideas. Ultimately, I'm going to push out into that to to these other markets. And so, like you said, your your kids' friends, you know, like well. How many other out. families yeah. can we show these sorts of products? Not only mine, but there's there you know there are others out there. We just expose kids to this stuff. Yep. You know, a bunch of people I'm connected to on Facebook and on Instagram in this world of of animal protection. Um, but yeah, I, I, I need I need to branch out, and um, but you know I've got to start somewhere, and I have uh, somebody that I'm working with, and and she's just ready to go. I mean, she's, she can't wait till we get this product and she's literally going to go to door to door, you know, and oh. start selling these things. So where are you going to use your first set of good kid project cards? Well, actually I was just thinking that, you know, my kids would like to, you know, they love this kind of thing. Right. But they my older one, his friend told him that she wants to go vegan. <laughs> and I'm just thinking as we're having this conversation, how her mom would feel. <laughs> if we just give her some of these. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think she maybe would be okay. I don't know. Well, I mean, find out. They're, they're, um, it's a gentle approach, right? So we're not, it's a story. you know, people don't feel, you don't necessarily you don't feel judged when you're reading this. It's just a story about a, a brother and sister named Addie and Oliver. And, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's a friendly way to introduce this to people who, haven't thought about this yeah yeah Yeah, well of course coming from me it's going to be quite obvious what the uh, sure right from my kids who are like the vegan evangelicals like little activists they are um but uh i think the the idea of doing it as a story like if i were to encounter it or just say i'm thinking about my non-vegan friends who are parents encountering it in a bookstore or you know in one of these like lists you know recommending Mm -hmm. things on you know Sort of like I said, mommy bloggers or something. Mm-hmm. I think this is exactly the packaging of this message that could be really, you know, engaging yeah. to kind of communicate some of these messages. I mean, look at all of the, you know, animal allegories that we use for kids' literature. I mean, we yeah. talked about this before, and it's it's the kind of thing that, um, you know, we we know is supposed to be allegorical, but also is like a little bit literal too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason that people like Charlotte's Web or they like any of these other stories. So it's not that there is such a big uphill battle to get these concepts out there. It's just maybe something people, it hasn't occurred to people to do. Yeah. And it hasn't, people haven't thought, well, I should just add this to my repertoire of like how to be a good person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, we're going to read stories about, 
saying thank you and, you know, washing your hands and all of those things that, you know, parents kind of mentally check off in their minds, you know, are they going to get their shoes on before they get out the door? And this, this whole sort of compassion for animals and understanding sort of, you know, the, the commonality between, between humans and animals and all that, I think is something that, you know, should be added to the list. Yeah. So on the, um, on the card that Nick gave us, it says, We're All Animals is a story series for young children whose attitudes about our place in the world are still forming. While entertaining us, the stories teach tolerance, humility, and compassion. So right there um, alone gives you a sense of what the parents or the kids who can read, uh, or even the kids who can't read, we look at the, the drawings, um, would expect in the packet is um, possibly a life changing experience, uh, a way that they can be taught these lessons, life lessons in an approachable way, um, simple language. And as you said, these challenges or these other things that are associated with each of the stories. Um, I mean, it definitely really sounds like, um, to me in our household, and I'm sure yours as well, um, there's stuff spread out everywhere at all times, whether it's markers or coloring books or toys or other things. And that these should be part of that mix, uh-huh. you know, that they're just become so, so much a part of our, our own households because we're the ones willing to introduce them into our households or, yeah. to, or to buy them for other people, that they should just always be there as, you know, sort of something to look at, something, you know, a reminder, yeah. um, you know, a, a guide and, and a way that we're, um, you know, teaching these lessons in a, in a very understandable way. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. can see them as like car things. Just as just like yes, that's a great point. <laughs> you know, big heavy books and toys in the car, and yeah. bring cards. You know, and you don't end up having to clean up your mess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's and that's what on the back of the box um, I put at home in the car or oh, at yeah. home on the road and in the classroom. Yeah, and uh, you really can use them then them anywhere and in different ways too. I mean, a kid can just kind of rifle through them and look at the pictures, and it's yeah. it's fun. Yeah, you know. So, so I don't mean to put you on the spot, but can you just like tell us a story? <laughs> tell us a story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, give us a little like sort of summary. Give immerse us in the experience. Well, do you want me to read one? Yeah, if you have one here. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'll have to grab it here. Sure, okay. not at all. Um, yeah, so. We're talking with Nick Coughlin from the Good Kid Project um, here at the Animal Rights 2019 Conference, Um, and it's a series of stories um, that are part of a card set with wonderful illustrations by uh, vegan illustrator, cartoonist, Robbie Roth, Roth, (laughs) Ruby Roth. And written by his mother. And written by Nick's mother. Kathy Coughlin. Kathy Coughlin. Okay, so just the visual here. So this is not exactly what I was picturing. It's it's a bigger box than I was picturing. The cards are bigger. Yeah. So each card kind of stands out on its own. It's um, beautiful. Maybe what is that like a four by six? Bigger than that. Five no, by seven. Probably, yeah, like a five by seven card. Yeah, but really, really nice. The box looks like an old like VHS size. Yeah. yeah. Sort of. <laughs> maybe a little bigger than that. It's a neat product. There's no question about it. It's good. The cards are all, they've, they've got a nice coating on it, so they're washable. Yeah. Um, but the, the topics. Toddler proof? They they're toddler, yeah. Is that my exactly. toddler proof? <laughs> um, so I was just kind of rifling through them. I don't, I'll just choose one at random here. Um, there's, a, there's a picture of Oliver and Addie 
looking at a kind of a forlorn bear who's in a cage. Um, and so the story is called A Bear Who Doesn't Get Vacation. Oliver and Addie loved vacations, but the car ride was so long. They had played games and read books, but now they felt crowded and bored. They stopped at a roadside store where they could get out and stretch, but then could hardly believe what they saw in front of them, a live bear inside a cage. Mom, that bear probably feels cramped and bored, just like we did, Addie said. You're right, Mom agreed. A bear's home is in the forest, not a tiny cage. So they went inside and spoke politely to the owner. They reminded him that we are all animals, and the bear was as unhappy living in a cage as people would be. They asked him please to free the bear. The owner listened and said he would think about it. Sometimes all we can do for animals is speak up for what's right, Dad said as they got back in the car. That's, That's so sweet. Wonderful. That's very, very, it's like, yeah, it's just a short story, but it gets it all in there. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Sweet. And so the challenges or the uh, exercise that are on that card? Yeah, so the discussion question is what are Addie and Oliver distressed to see on the roadside uh, at the roadside stop? Mm -hmm. How does mom try to teach compassion? And then the challenge is there are thousands of such roadside zoos confining animals as depicted in the story. Brainstorm some ways we can help animals in captivity. Oh, that's nice. Really so wonderful. ask them to really engage in you know, the critical thinking yeah. side of it. Yeah. yeah, so again, as, as uh, Cheryl was talking about, as Nick pulled the, the box out and pulled the cards out and the adult guidebook out, it's absolutely beautiful product. Um, where will people find this? How do they reach you? Uh, what can we do to connect people with the Good Kid Project? So everything you can find on um, goodkidproject.com. So you can contact me there, um, and you can you can pre-order this. Like I said, they're available September 26th. I also have T-shirts and some of Ruby's other books on my website. Nice. Um, we are. I'm actually in. We're publishing stories about kids who are doing good things in the world. Like uh, we've got a story coming out about Genesis this week, um, who's doing really amazing things. Yeah, to, Genesis to, Butler. Yeah, Genesis yeah. Butler, who's doing really amazing things to make the world a better place. And yeah. so we're, I, I'm looking to connect with other content creators, people who are writers and are, are interested in this, have the same ethic yeah. and want to help spread the word about kids doing good things for animals. Well, that's wonderful. So if, if you go to um, goodkidproject.com. Great. Thank and you. And will it be on Amazon or any other places down the road? I'm learning that I need to be on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's okay. a, that's a beast I haven't, um, approached yet but i'm but i definitely have to do that so yeah. well good luck this has been just wonderful um yeah. i loved learning about your product you're such a nice guy with such a great story um i'm so glad you could take time out of this busy conference to sit with us congratulations thank yeah. you we yeah. will look for it goodkidproject.com uh thank you for tuning into the vegan family podcast you can email us at veganfamilytrivedge.com right cheryl Please do. <laughs> we want to hear all the thoughts and all the feelings. So until the next episode, go vegan. Thank you for tuning in to Compassion Over Killing's Vegan Family Podcast. Have episode ideas or questions about going vegan? Email us at goveganattriveg.com. At